Blog Talk Radio. churches and watching people's faces just screw up real tight because they're I'm I'm saying Jesus is the only way and I'm also saying there's more than one way to wait a minute what is it with this guy somehow I think uh that song will play into tonight into our discussion Jesus Jesus is the only way but how many ways are there to Jesus <laughs> a myriad of ways so that's what we're going to look into tonight. Uh, this is so exciting. We've got a number of guests. We've never done this before, so hang with us, folks, um, because we've got uh, quite a few people to, to talk and discuss this. But this all went back to uh, last week when I wrote a, a catch. Um, I had just discovered that an African-American professor at uh, Wheaton College, Laricia Hawkins, was suspended from her duties because she stated that Muslims and Christians worship the same God. Uh, she had written that in a Facebook um, uh, post. And uh, I wrote a catch about that, and I titled it, Do Muslims and Christians Worship the Same God? Immediately on my Facebook post of that article, I received 19 one-word responses. No one read my article. That's the first thing I noticed. They just answered the question, yes or no, and the no's won. That wasn't quite what I was looking for. I was looking for something a little bit deeper. Do Muslims and Christians worship the same God? What a 
what a question. Can you answer that, yes or no? I, I personally think so. I think it's far more involved in that, and I hope we can get some thoughtful answers tonight. My goal tonight is to help us all learn how to care for our brothers and sisters in, in, in whatever faith or religion they might be or whatever color or whatever anything they might be, that we might be representatives of uh, the God who made us all. And uh, so we want to learn how to care, and we're, I think we've got some people here who are going to help us maybe work through at least some of this. It's very complicated. We're not going to answer all the questions, but um, just to give you an idea of who we have with us, first we have Tim Gilman, who has returning from uh, to us, because uh, this is Tim Gilman from Bethlehem Coffee Company, and not Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. That's Bethlehem, Palestine. Um, I brought Tim, wanted Tim here tonight because he's of his extensive experience uh, in Palestine and other places in the Middle East uh, with Muslims and Christians. And I know he's going to have uh, some things to say as we get going. So, Tim, Tim, thank you so much for you, coming. You know, you. Tim. I want. I was going to do this at the end of the show, but a lot of people might not wait that long. Uh-huh. I want you to tell us really quickly who we've got on next week, because we're going to continue this theme into next week. Can you tell us what next week is going to look like, kind of in a nutshell? Sure. Pretty fantastic. Uh, next, week, next week we're going to have joining us uh, Dr. Safi Kaskis from Saudi Arabia and Dr. David Hungerford uh, from uh, Baltimore. And they have just completed a project they've been working on for almost five years. And it's a translation of the Quran with biblical references. Uh, there's almost more biblical text than there is Quranian text. Uh, so this is uh, uh, wow. uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a modern translation. I guess in our, the closest thing I think that we could have that would relate to it as Christians would be maybe the message. Uh, so it's a it's a modern translation of the Quran, and then uh, they've worked together to identify over 3,000 footnotes and scriptural references that specifically refer to the Bible and the text and the common ground that, uh, that's available there. So they're going to be uh, with us next week and discussing that, and we're really excited about about that. There's been great interest, and uh, we just was released last. Uh, last week officially at the uh, National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. Fantastic. Well, gosh, I can't wait for that. I I understand there's more than 3,000 references um, uh, to the Bible in in the Koran. So uh, that's going to be fascinating, and we'll continue uh, our our subject from from today. So, Tim, thank you, and we're looking forward to next week. Um, Also, we have with us my old roommate from Wheaton College, Wayne Bridegroom, and uh, Wayne and I go back to 1969, the class of 69, that's right, and <laughs> Wayne is in a Baptist, a Baptist church in a little town of Modesto, and, and Wayne came to us at Wheaton College, very, very conservative, and the rest of us were from larger metropolitan areas, and of course, we were really wide open thinkers and we were much more mature than Wayne, you know, at least that's, we thought we, we were stuck up is what we were, but we, we were terrible for poor Wayne because we just, just kept trying to loosen him up, you know, and here's the funny thing. 
after all of that, I guess maybe he needed us because he ended up going back to a Baptist church in Modesto and ministering to four different nationalities, speaking four different languages, four different churches, all starting from his church. Is that right? Am I pretty much right about that, Wayne? Yeah, it's been a marvelous adventure. <laughs> Who would think that all of that would come to Modesto? <laughs> yeah, well, the last yeah. Modesto High School graduation I was at, there were 31 different languages spoken in the graduating class. And um, wow. when when wow. Beth and I were high school age, it was English only. That was it. I mean, this, this community <laughs> has changed drastically in the intervening four decades. Wow, wow. Well, um, Wayne is going to chime in a little bit later on tonight with some of the things he's learned, obviously, in terms of cross-cultural ministry and in, of, of uh, you know, working alongside people of other faiths. That will be exciting to hear from Wayne. But right now, I am really pleased and excited to have uh, two students from Wheaton College, current one current student and one recent graduate. I have Miriam, Miriam uh, Bigash and Andrew Shadid. And Miriam and Andrew have been willing to come on and talk a little bit about what they know about this whole uh, incident at Wheaton, um, what their concerns are as students, and both of these apparently know uh, Dr. Hawkins, and I'm not sure we'll hear whether they've had classes from her or not, but uh, I want to welcome both of you very much. Miriam and Andrew, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, and so it, the first two questions, I want to address you guys because I, I, want, to get, I want us to get a little picture of, of what's happened here. And uh, I, I don't know, it's a, this, this whole thing unfolded in kind of a very odd way. Uh, maybe you can shed some light on it. I know that, that initially uh, she was pretty much suspended almost overnight and everyone was shocked and then there was some backpedaling and the provost apologized and said he moved too fast and then everybody got excited because it seemed like she was going to come back and then after all of that there ended up being a parting of ways um can you give us a little bit of your picture on this and uh what what do you think? Why did this happen? What are the what are the really big issues that are that you think are going on here? Yeah, so I can say that pretty much all the students that I've talked to and alumni were incredibly surprised by what happened. I remember getting home from a day at the office uh, and was on my way home. Had seen actually Professor Hawkins, Dr. Hawkins' post on Facebook earlier in the weekend. And both her original post and her rejoinder, her post about deciding to wear the hijab and embodied solidarity, and really thought that that was a bold move. To be quite honest, I was uh, surprised at the action, but after learning a little bit more and how it was motivated by students, um, realized that actually Professor Hawkins is one of the only ones at the college, or let me just say one of the few with the willingness to take such a bold stand. Now, when I first read the post, the theological nature of that comment actually went unnoticed. It was so benign 
you know, from my perspective, uh, especially quoting the Pope, one of the, you know, foremost um, leaders of, you know, this subset of, or sorry, mm-hmm. of, you know, a subset of the Christian faith um, that has, you know, something like one-third of the world's population. And so mm-hmm. after quoting him and uh, others, I think Miroslav Volf, there seemed to be a, right, just enough backing for what she was doing that that largely went unnoticed. And what did go noticed was the fact that she was deciding to don the hijab. Um, I I do remember, though, getting home from work and seeing this post on Christianity Today that Wheaton has put Professor Larisha Hawkins on administrative leave indefinitely and that she would, uh, they would be evaluating, you know, where to go from there. They didn't really make, announce any details about how long she wouldn't be teaching. They just announced that in the middle of finals week that she would no longer, you know, be a professor in her, or at least in her position as professor, that she would be, was being placed on administrative leave. Mm-hmm. And so that, mm-hmm. in many ways, it, it, uh, was concerning to all of us. I remember being in multiple classes with faculty in conversations with students. And now in retrospect, looking back at many Facebook posts of other students and faculty who have said, this has been a conversation that we've had in, in our classrooms. This is one that we had 10, 15 years ago. And I remember reading a post from one student who said, this is a conversation, do Muslims and Christians worship the same God? That the question is, Mm-hmm. that they asked and discussed uh, every single day for a whole semester. They said that they would come home from dinner and they would sit for about an hour and a half and discuss, do Muslims and Christians worship the same God? And that was kind of read the entire discussion. And every single time when they would bring theology faculty into that discussion, it was never answered. It was kind of always a yes and no. Um, and so... Mm-hmm. When we read this post that uh, she was being placed on administrative leave, the initial thought was, well, for what, right? It was, <laughs> why is this happening? Um, because we could not, and still, to be honest, we still don't understand so completely why um, she she now is no longer teaching at Wheaton College. And so I think the first feelings that we all had on campus were on campus and, you know, just off campus from the alumni perspective is why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, um, have either one of you had uh, Dr. Hawkins in a class? Yeah, I, I have had her. Uh, she was a professor of mine in a couple political science classes, and I worked with her while I was a part of student government a little bit. Um, she was mm-hmm. the advisor for student government for a num- for a number of years, years that preceded my tenure on on that uh, student group. But mm-hmm. we were close because of that. We were also close because of a program that she pioneered for peace and conflict studies that a number of us on student government and a few others uh, were supportive of and, and helped kind of provide pilot and beta testing for uh, to mm-hmm. get that off the ground and get it approved. So we interacted on, an, in a, on a number of different levels. Um, and because of that, I think it feels even more personal, but. Uh, uh, what, what are your, um, what, what are you most impressed with 
um, with Dr. Dr. Hawkins. Okay. So I think that in order to understand why this issue is very dear to me, you have to know a little bit mm-hmm. of my background. Um, since mm-hmm. I was born in Iran and grew up in France, I have always seen the struggle of um, getting along between, you know, Christians and Muslims. So when I first saw Dr. Hawkins' Facebook post, I was actually very encouraged that somebody who is teaching at Wien College and who's a Christian is encouraging students and faculty to support our Muslim brothers and sisters who are currently being, you know, a little bit persecuted due to all these recent issues with terrorism and so on. Mm -hmm. So I was very encouraged by her Facebook post, and I was actually very glad that she was talking about this. I think that a few days later, some of our faculty actually went to the Islamic Center and, you know, took some pictures with the imams, and that was, again, an action that that very that encouraged me. And I think that when you look at the world right now, one of the biggest issues is this big conflict between Muslims and Christians. And so I think that it is very important for us Christians to um, show solidarity with our Muslims, because technically, when you think about it, her Facebook post was not just about um, that theological issue. Do we worship the same God? I mean, it had a way bigger meaning. It was truly Mm -hmm. calling both communities to reconciliate and live together and respect each other and so on. So for Mm. the school to only focus on one sentence, it was just very hurtful. It almost felt that they forgot her bigger, you know, message and that they purposefully attacked her on something that she would have a lot of hardship defending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Um, wow. to be honest, I, it was just very confusing. Even to this day, there hasn't been much transparency on why they did what they did and what was their main purpose. And I guess some of the back-and-forth conversations I've been hearing is that Dr. Hawkins had always had very... Uh, what I mean, what they call radical stands on racial issues, on Islamophobia, on sexism, and so on, and that her mm-hmm. Facebook post was just a continuation of her uh, long-term uh, teaching to the students. So she wasn't mm-hmm. just being asked to leave because of that one Facebook post, but because of everything she has been doing for the school throughout all these years she's been there since 2007, I believe. Hmm. Mm. And it sounds like, uh, boy, you, you asked, it, it sounds like whether whether she's right or wrong, that's a person we could certainly all learn from a lot, don't you think? Certainly, and I think to build off Miriam's uh, thoughts and then to go back to your question as well, what stood out about her, it was exactly what just happened, to be honest. <laughs> Professor Hawkins has always been one that helps us at Wheaton College see have a have a much bigger vision than what's at Wheaton College. Mm-hmm. And we all know that Jesus yeah. called us um, to the kingdom. Wheaton College's motto yeah. is for Christ in his kingdom. He prayed that the kingdom of God would come on earth as it is in heaven. And for us at, at Wheaton, uh, Professor Hawkins was one who often called us outside of the walls of Wheaton or the streets of Washington and Blanchard and College Avenue and so on. She called Mm -hmm. us deeper. She called us into the communities of Chicago. She called us into Mm -hmm. 
the neighborhoods of our Muslim brothers and sisters. She called us into places of conflict. And she mm. she called us into places of food deserts. I remember a course I took with her on interest groups, and one of the largest conversations we had was in regards to, you know, housing policy and things down in, in the city of Chicago. And we focused a lot on what's happening in food, de- food deserts. Um, and in places that are truly unreached by in many ways, the good news of the kingdom, the good news that the kingdom brings to everyone, mm-hmm. that the kingdom is over all, not just over some people, but it's over all. It's not just on Wheaton College is campus. It's all over the world in pockets that are like mustard seeds that we won't even fully know until maybe, you know, years from now. Um, mm-hmm. and she called us to search for those places. She called us into them to plant seeds in those places. Um, and she called wow. us to be transformed by those places as well. And so this action that she took was in no way right, some anomaly. It was not uh, something that was out of place for her. This is actually her character. This is who she's always been. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. for us to see her take this action, it actually in many ways it was no surprise. Um, as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, what was surprising is obviously the reaction to it. Um, I guess one yeah. thing that I would like to add is that living at Wheaton and going to Wheaton College, it is often very easy to live in that bubble. I mean, they are, yeah. you are surrounded by Christians only. So often you forget that there are other people with different religions outside of that bubble. We shouldn't forget mm-hmm. that there are over 1.6 billion Muslims in the world. And the world is literally watching. They're looking. They're, they, they want to see what we're going to do with this situation. And the school decisions, I think, is it's going to affect the students on a long term. Um, yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. keep going on that line. That's uh, definitely one question I, I wanted us to get to is what 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 are the long term implications of this, not only for the school but but for Christ and the gospel. Exactly. I mean, how can we be, claim to be Christians if we cannot? say what we think, and also reconcile with, you know, with our own faculty. Hmm. What the school did right here is truly a divorce. They haven't solved anything. They just said, Dr. Hawkins, you think differently. You might have said something's wrong. I think it would be better for you to leave instead of trying to reconciliate, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's just very, almost hypocritical. How can we claim that we are Jesus' followers if if we don't know how to love Different. Yeah, uh, Miriam, uh, I noticed in in a, uh, a news conference she had with uh, a Chicago station, um, she mentioned something pretty much like you had said that what what she her emphasis has always been human solidarity. She called it human solidarity, and 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 her post was not a, a theological in nature at all, and and she kept she kept talking about this human solidarity. Could you expand on that a little bit and tell us what, what, uh, what you've learned from her about what she means by that? Okay. So first of all, just to clarify, I never had any classes with her. And uh, okay. previously I really didn't know about her until, you know, all these controversies happened. I think that since we live in such a diverse world, it is very important mm-hmm. for us to embody, embody our humanity, first of all. 
I mean, we're all humans started off. And I don't think that we should make our religion our first priority. And oh, wow. It's so very you. important to <sighs> learn on how to live together. I think that being Christians and being a Jesus' follower, they're a little bit different. Mm. Because of how modern Christianity has been treated recently. Mm-hmm. Being Jesus' follower is knowing how to love unconditionally the unlovable. It's knowing that you have enemies, yet you seek to love them because of what he has done for you. Being a Christianity is just, it's more like a title. It's to be able to identify with that specific community. And I think that what she has tried to teach us is how to be a Jesus' follower instead of just being a simple Christian. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, my. You uh, you brought me to tears on that one. Uh how do you, how are we going to get this across to people? Is it going to be harder now because we it's like it's like you know a very important evangelical institution is backed away from someone with this message. Uh, what what can we do to pick up that banner? Okay, so as I said earlier, the world is watching and they want to know what we're going to do with Dr. Hawkins. And truthfully, even though she has, I think, decided to not come back, it is very important that we start this solidarity work within our own community. And um, what a lot of students have thought of is that we're going to encourage the school to um, open or, you know, invite imams on campus so they can talk about Islam. How can we defend our faith and our God if we don't know who our audience is? Truthfully, how can we say that we are Christians and defend our values if we don't know who we're talking to? How are we supposed to convince Muslims if we don't know what they worship, who they worship, and why they do the things they do? And as long as we are having this miscommunication, we just cannot be at peace. We can't have true reconciliation. Mm. And I think that students who are supporting Dr. Hawkins, this is what they want, true reconciliation. Let's deal mm-hmm. with the issue. Let's not push it back. It's right here. It's right in front of us. Instead of separating each other, let's bring to, let's get together and work on this. Let's mm-hmm. solve something. Oh, that's great. So what what I hear you saying, Miriam, is that the students themselves are picking up this cause. Is that right? Yes, yes. Certainly. The students are picking up the cause as well as faculty. I think faculty are one group to continue to watch on this. Uh, Professor you know, Mangus, as you know, has been one of the more outspoken ones, but many faculty have uh, been encouraging of students in continuing this push to learn what it means to love the other, the ones who's not us, and in this context, mm. the one who's not Christian. Um, I, you know, I just had the privilege of hearing a few different conversations uh, and from people who have discuss this with the administration in greater depth. And in many of these conversations, I think the takeaway is that Wheaton might not truly know what's at stake here. And so you ask, what's the implications of this decision? And to be honest, I don't think we fully know. Uh, I think had we known, the decisions would have been different. However, with what they thought the implications were of this decision or no decision, right, inaction or action, 
in action maybe being continuing to let mm-hmm. Professor Hawkins teach on the faculty. I, I think it seems that they thought, right, that the implications were Wheaton's in this mudslide going down the way of liberal, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. liberal America, liberal arts colleges such as Harvard, Yale, and any other Ivy League that we want to talk about that began as some Christian institution and fairly devote, uh, devout Christian institution, but then in mm-hmm. some way slid away from that. I think it, Wheaton's decision in many ways was made out of fear. It was one that was, that said, well, yeah. if she does continue to teach on this faculty, how are the conservative uh, Americans, mm-hmm. conservative evangelicals going to view us? And again, evangelicalism mm-hmm. is diverse, uh, and so we need to be at least fairly descriptive in who we're talking about. But how will this right-wing, mm-hmm. you know, sect of evangelicalism mm-hmm. view the college, and will we lose an, an a large percentage of our uh, constituency. And they Mm -hmm. weren't thinking necessarily about how does this impact those who don't yet know who Jesus is fully. The question was more about Wheaton College and less about Jesus. And I think this is part of the issue that we've uh, been dealing with. Wow. That's painful. As a current... Sorry, as a current student, I think that the school's decision has also affected our reputation as students and as future grads. And uh, truthfully, it is just very scary that someday I will have to apply for a job that might not have to do anything with, you know, uh, religious institutions, yet all they will know is all this craziness. And uh, they will just think that we don't know how to coexist, how to live together. And that's just one of the, I guess, curse the school has put on our back that we're going to have to carry. And it's just going to be complicated. And many students have agreed to this statement. Wow. Wow. So uh, are there anything that the students are taking up, uh, you know, that's, that's really specific? Or are, are they just meeting and talking at this point? I, probably too soon to see anything really happening, but can you share about that? Yes, yeah, so as you know, there were many or a few demonstration, like, de- demonstrations. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, there was one the day after she it was announced that she was going on administrative leave, which was at chapel. Then there are obviously a number of letters written. Actually, there's a great timeline that's out there, and I'm, I think it's Sojourners that put it out, just mm. kind of describing each of the things that had happened leading up until uh, really present day today, which now there's a 40-day fast that's going on. But I think if we're really to embody solidarity, like Professor Hawkins was teaching us, that we need to drive back to the grassroots again. And no longer is this conversation one that's in the uh, ivory towers of the administration, right? This is a conversation that needs to come back to the grassroots. It's one that by convincing an administrator, we actually have not moved very far at all. Maybe in some ways decisions will be made that affect the future of the college. Um, But the biggest decision has already been made, and that's that Professor Hawkins is no longer going to be teaching at Wheaton that they have to make at least. And so now we feel fairly called and committed to begin continuing to engage with students and alumni who are curious. I think 
we often think that this was a purely evil thing. Um, and I, I think in many ways, right, this is so just, uh, so unfortunate that the events happened at Wheaton that just happened. But mm-hmm. we also, right, whenever you stir the water, um, you agitate people and begin to catalyze conversations that probably yes. otherwise wouldn't have happened. And so there's a tremendous opportunity uh, to continue having this conversation. There's many people who are exhausted by it, but there's many mm-hmm. who feel unsettled because they they don't feel like they've gotten real answers yet. And so there are lots, there is lots of potential on campus. And Miriam can tell you a little bit about, you know, one project she's working on. Um, so as I said earlier, we're going to try to open this club um, with where we're going to study the Quran and invite imams on campus and have our mm. own theology, theology professors on campus and just like compare and contrast the Bible and the Quran. And um, mm-hmm. maybe at the end of these sessions, we'll find out if we do worship the same God or not. And mm. I just think it would be very interesting to show the school that even though Dr. Hawkins is gone, the conversations do remain. And that we need some transparency in order to be united again. At this stage, I yeah. don't think that by hiding the the true issue, which is her leaving, we're not solving anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think well, that you know, there's uh, there's some incredible excitement to maybe some of the potential that will come from this, and mm-hmm. I'm but, so excited to hear that you know, Safi and David are going to be on the show next week because those are two that we'd love to have on campus and hmm. two that we, we'd we love to have share their story, their their story of mm-hmm. friendship, their story of working together, their story of now publishing this Quran with references to, you know, the uh, the scripture, the Christian scripture. Um, and yeah. It's so, so powerful and encouraging to students. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful to show the world that Christians and Muslims can live together? And wouldn't it be wonderful to have such movements started on our campus? Truthfully. Yeah. When I think about it, yeah. I just it's very exciting. Why can't yeah. we do it? Why can't okay, we Okay, well maybe <laughs> so maybe something so maybe something truly positive can come out of this. And uh that's certainly what we're gonna be praying for. Um uh, Tim, um, Tim, you've spent a lot of time with both Muslims and Christians, and uh, uh, can you chime in on any of this discussion on this whole idea of uh, the same? Do we worship the same God? I, I want, I do actually want to talk about that a little bit. Um, uh, just jump in anywhere you feel comfortable, Tim. Uh, what, <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm just honored to uh, to listen to the kids. Uh, yeah, that that, great, gives, huh? that gives me great hope, and then Miriam, I love mm-hmm. your heart. I just uh, I, I agree. I just, I, I'm with I'm with both of you 100. percent I'll carry your bags anywhere. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I I don't know, John. I think you have to, you know, you have to wrestle with it individually first of all, because you know the the, the theological walls are so huge, and and, and yeah. you know, it, you you just can't. 
you can't get over them that way. And it's 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 it's, it's communion. It's breaking bread. It's it's being in the same place. It's being at the table with people. It's recognizing the humanity in each other. And it, it and I, I I don't know. I can't. There's for my experience, there's something that happens, and I would argue it's the Holy Spirit that dwells in all of us. And it, 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 you, you hear that rushing wind again, and you find out that you have more in common than you have se- that separates you. And uh, I, so from my perspective, when I'm asked the question, I believe there's only one God. And, and I, believe yeah. that, uh, I, believe, I believe with that said, in the Jewish tradition, in the Islamic tradition, and the Christian tradition, there are clearly three different theological views. That, that have come over the time for a whole a sundry of reasons, possibly some political, some some ethnic ethnic reasons, a lot of reasons, but there's still one God, and so they will they will you know so the argument always comes down to you know is it the same God? Well, I I have Christian Palestinian friends and Arab friends who use the the word Allah to refer to God, just as we use the word God to refer to God, so. Um, so that's that's the way I would I approach it, and I've learned from my experience to just be okay with the details, and, mm-hmm. and I trust I trust the God that lives within each person's mm-hmm. heart, and 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 I I so much appreciate what Miriam had to say about could this happen, could this maybe happen, and the challenge I find in that dream is. Can we garner Christians who want that to happen? Yeah, yeah I, th- I think I think we've listened to the narrative so long that we somehow, in the back of our minds, think that this is just the way God planned it. And so, and so we you, you've got you've got to want peace before it can ever happen. And and yeah. I think that's that's the, and that's why getting in the same place, realizing their humanity. So for me, it all comes back to the grassroots. It's like you know, do I know the Muslim guy that lives couple that lives next door to me, or in the next culture, the ones that are in my own community? Mm-hmm. Because that's mm-hmm. where the the real change happens, rather than sitting and trying to tell the rest of the world, you know, what they should do. So I I think I really believe, and I, I picked this up from what Miriam said too. I really believe that the kingdom of God will never be fully known without our Muslim and Jewish brothers and sisters. Hmm. And I, I think there's 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 something there's something that the whole has to give us that we will never understand separately. Mm-hmm. I think um, you know, as a Christian, to me, I think the 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 real issue has to come ultimately down to Jesus, mm-hmm. because Jesus Jesus is the fullness of God Head, and. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I wrote that song. Jesus is the only way, but there's more than one way to Jesus. Could it not be that a Muslim could end up with Jesus? That's my question. And wouldn't that be what would need to happen? Uh, yeah. And could, yes. couldn't that happen? Couldn't that happen? Yes. Uh, I mean, it, it fits in my theology, absolutely. Uh, I, I know I know many Muslims who are passionate followers of Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. And they have no inkling or desire or plan to to ever convert to Christianity. Uh, hmm. How does that work with my with what we've been taught? 
I can't answer that question. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's between them and God. But I, but I really, I've come to the yeah. place of realizing the only thing, if God really doesn't need anything from me, but really the only thing I can provide, or we can provide as 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 Jesus followers, because we should have the upper edge on this whole story, because we 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 should understand Jesus, because this is all Jesus was about was was building bridges and reconciliation and that everyone would be one. But is it by us providing open arms, love, acceptance, forgiveness if necessary, it will provide an environment where mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit will just run all the way through it because because God wants wholeness with all of us more than we do. So mm. he so it's it's his heart, it's his plan, it's his his design. But um and of course, evil knows that, and evil will do everything mm-hmm. to keep us fighting with each other. I mean, I had this conversation while I was waiting for the plane earlier this morning, and it's like, uh, my friend, my I mean, you talk about your Bible school friend, my friend, I, my roommate in Bible college, and his we had this mm-hmm. long discussion on testing, and and he just can't understand how you could have any sort of unity with someone that doesn't share your beliefs. And I said, well, I I do that all the time. I said, I said, I feel that I, I feel that I can have unity and respect and 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 walk mm-hmm. in the same spirit with someone who, you know, either doesn't believe in the Trinity or does believe in the Trinity or doesn't, you know, is a Baptist or is a Methodist. I mean, we can't we can't even do that within within Christendom. I mean, much yeah. less much less any uh, talking about Judaism or Muslim Islam or any of the other faiths. We we evil has been successful even keeping Christians at odds with each other. So I think that's and I, I was amazed because it was a it was a straight conversation. He wasn't arguing, he wasn't fighting. You know, it was, it was he was serious. I mean, he he doesn't see how that's possible. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. and so I think to, to Miriam's thought, I think that's true. But but we we are seriously dealing with a lot of people, especially of my age and my generation, who they don't even see this as possible. Yeah, and that's and, and yeah. that's a, that's a hurdle. Now, fortunately, the younger generation, I think, that's going to be a different story, and that's good. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, well, I, I, I yeah, I I, I don't I don't have a, a a big picture answer for it except the fact that uh, I just I, I just believe that that there is you know that God created and God is there for all of us, and I don't think that you know His plan was that everyone would conform to one religious ideology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, to me, uh, you know, the, the challenge I'm, I'm thinking to me, we're talking about how we think more than anything. It's, it's more how we think than what we think. And, Mm -hmm. and so many Christians are all tied into what we think. In other words, we have to all agree on everything Mm -hmm. to be, to be together or to, or to have solidarity. But no, how you think is to think that God could possibly be bigger than we can mm-hmm. imagine mm-hmm. or think that God, mm-hmm. God could lead somebody through this way and bring him mm-hmm. home to Christ, just like he could mm-hmm. with us. And, and mm-hmm. you know, what I'm thinking of is, you know, I'm thinking of Acts 17. And what if, what, if the, what would the apostle Paul say about this this whole discussion 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I if you think about that, remember Paul's message? He came to a whole bunch of people that were worshiping an idol, for heaven's sake. Uh, an idol to an unknown God. And what did he mm-hmm. say? What you are worshiping in ignorance, I have come to share with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't tell them, you guys are barking up the wrong tree. He said, as a matter of fact, he said, you're very religious. And he complimented them for that. And then mm-hmm. he went on to say that, let me complete the picture for you. This this guy who you've been worshiping in ignorance is came to earth. He's God, and he made us. And he's, he's not something we make. He made us in his image. We don't. And, and, and he came and he proved this by rising from the dead. You know, that, that to me, that's Paul saying there is only one God. And you guys are trying to find him this way. And I'm telling you, no, you're on the right, you're, you're good start, but let's keep going further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, Can't we think I like that? Too, yeah. The other thing I would say too, John, is I think that, you know, historically for Christians, or for any religious, because religion is based on division. So for any religion, this is a fact, is, is dualism is not our friend. And so, and so what yeah. happens is, what, so what, 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 my Christian, what the Christians are confronted with, if they, if, they, if they allow room for other traditions in their faith, is that they might be wrong, okay? Because, because they can't. They can't, like you said, they can't visualize a God that's bigger than all this. So, so, so what they're re- saying, and so what I've, I'm, we're beginning to learn is, is that most of the Christians, if we, we're coming from a Christian perspective, so most of the Christians that are so vehemently opposed to this kind of stuff are really insecure in who they are with Jesus or with Christ and with God, because, because what they're really because what they, if they really make place for the other, they have to consider the fact that maybe they don't have all the story. Maybe they yeah. don't have it all themselves. Maybe, and maybe you even have to consider that you might be wrong. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, and and yeah. and but what I but they can't conceive of of both being right. You know, could 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 God call? the Jews, Jewish people to him within the Jewish tradition? Could God call of course, Muslims mm-hmm. to him within the Islamic tradition? Could God call Buddhists and Hindus to him through their tradition? I think he can. I think he can. Mm-hmm. And 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 mm-hmm. rather than arguing, because the big stumbling block always comes back to the Trinity. So rather than arguing over about that, is it trust that God, because See, God loves those people, and God wants, mm-hmm. and God has no more, no more love in His heart, no more, mm-hmm. uh, no more passion for you and me than He does Muhammad and Osama and Miriam and all those other people in other cultures. They all are mm-hmm. true to God's heart, and and, and yeah. until that starts clicking in your head, and then when you throw on top of it all the political garbage we have to deal with. With Western civilization, oh the fact is that, that we are God's chosen people. We don't say that, but that's what we believe. It, it, it's that's insur- it's almost mm-hmm. insurmountable. So that's that's one of the biggest things. Is I think for you to entertain someone else, you mm-hmm. have to at, at a minimum consider that you don't have the whole story. 
and and, yeah. and religious ideology is built on having the truth. Excellent. You know, I have the truth, so well, that's why I follow it. Thank you, thank you, Tim, so, so much. Uh, we're we're getting short on time, and poor Wayne fine. has been I'm sorry. real. Wayne, you've been fa- uh, sitting there faithfully uh, listening to all this, um, <laughs> and I, d- I don't know whether you've had any experience with Muslims. If you do, I'd love to hear about that. But you certainly have had experience with people with other religions and with people of other cultures. What can you just uh, maybe? Uh, tie this up for us with some of the things you've learned uh, there in your church, Modesto. Well, John, um, uh, what Tim, uh, I've, I've written a bunch of notes here of uh, Tim, uh, Andrew, and Miriam. Um, it, it, it seems to me I resonated with what Tim said in regard to this bit of, of we are so truth-oriented and we do mm-hmm. have this tendency to think that we as Americans are God's gift to the world. You know, and and, and please don't misunderstand, I'm not knocking uh, this bit of truth because it obviously is very important. But I think something that has to stand uh, certainly on an equal leg is that God is a Trinitarian God, and, and therefore uh, he could not help in creation but create an entire universe that is relational in to the very core. And mm. it seems to me that we as Christians just don't get that. We, uh, well, you know, we were at Wheaton. We, you know, we know that <laughs> bubble that Andrew, I think, was mentioning. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I, I was so encouraged by both Andrew and Miriam in, in describing Dr. Hawkins of, of, of getting out in the world. There is so much to learn from uh, other people, from other believers, uh, uh, from different cultures. John, I've got to tell you, mm-hmm. I uh, I have learned so much from um, my Southeast Asian friends, uh, uh, many of whom, obviously, who came here did not even have a high school education, you know. And and but uh, um, but but I have learned so many core biblical values from them. And frankly, I just, uh, I don't know, God's been good. It, it's, its mm-hmm. I just, he put in my heart a love for them and and the, the gift of being able to see them as as equals. I am no better, just, I might be American, I might be quite hot, highly educated, but I am no better than them. And they could sense that, and much to my chagrin, I've got to tell you, <laughs> in, in the church here in Modesto, they don't get that from many other sources. It, it's like we're white, therefore we know better, and and we're going to treat you nicely. But there's always that overtone of we're looking down, you know, our nose at you. Mm-hmm. And I just, mm-hmm. and my heart just cries when the the Hmong, the Laotian, the Cambodian, the Hispanic come back and 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 uh, tell me those stories. Mm-hmm. Um, um, wow. I would anyway. Um, the, the I don't John it just, you know this reminds me of of when we were students only our situation was I I don't think it was as um as deep per se uh, um, but re- remember when we moved to Fisher Hall and oops they had a TV <laughs> down there and they changed the pledge you know and and 
and I remember we brought an administrator up to our room, and and the fear was that uh, the conservative evangelical wing would find out that Wheaton had a TV down there, and oh man, what would that do to the finances? You know, and I don't know whether it was Andrew or Miriam who said fear of the conservative evangelicals. Uh, um, yeah, I I, I I don't. It it was true back when we were students. It's still true today, and I. I just, I mean, based on what Andrew and Miriam have said, I, I, I guess I'm bothered that I don't, I just mm-hmm. don't see much cultural competence uh, in the leadership mm-hmm. there. Having said that, I'm so glad for the reports of the other professors and and and, and the students. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is um, we've got a long road. Uh, uh, ahead of us, I, I can I can tell you here in Modesto, John is a wonderful place to be. We, we've had a pastors' prayer meeting for what over 23 years now, and it'll be tomorrow at noon. And I will be there as a Baptist, but I will be praying right alongside uh, uh, mm-hmm. Pentecostals and Methodists and, and, and so on. And and um, and and we've come to the point of well. It's all about Jesus, and and, and mm-hmm. everything else just simply has to be secondary, and mm-hmm. um, and, and then uh, I have had I have had no experience with with Muslims. My experience has been with Buddhists and animists. But mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I can tell you this: in my neighborhood, we have three mom and pop grocery stores that are owned by Muslim people. And when 9-11 happened, the very first thing I did was I went to one of those stores and I told them, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'm the pastor just down the street here. I don't want you to worry because I'm going to stand with you. And I heard that they were Saudi mm-hmm. and I said something about that and I was wrong. They mm-hmm. said, oh, no, we're from Yemen. <laughs> so, but <laughs> it, it, uh, um, anyway, it, it's um, That's beautiful, Wayne. Yeah, it just uh, being with people who are not like us is whether they're Christian or not Christian is just the most enriching uh, 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 thing there is because um, you, you, you just can't put God in a box and as long as we conveniently because it is comfortable um, oh man how do I say this right um, just focus on a certain belief system with with you know, I man I remember Dr. Holmes all truth is God's truth wherever mm-hmm. it may be mm-hmm. found okay mm-hmm. and that, yeah. that has resonated with me all these decades mm-hmm. and therefore I am not afraid to talk to Buddhists I'm not afraid to talk to animists I relish it it's mm-hmm. a good thing mm-hmm. because I as a Christian who know the scripture I don't know all the truth and mm-hmm. part of God's truth is hidden in these other cultures, and and I need to find out what part of God's Ooh. truth is hidden in these other cultures. So beautiful, Wayne. That's my, Wayne, that's my two cents worth. <laughs> Wayne, your two your two cents was an incredible last word. I I appreciate it so much, and um, gosh, I, I want to thank everybody for being on. Um, uh, gonna re- get everybody on so they can 
so I can thank them and we can hear. Maybe if anybody's got any last words that they want to say, Miriam, boy, I just love what you said about we're human beings first. Uh, we're human <laughs> beings before, even even before we're, you know, Christians. We're human beings. And uh, we've got to find that connection with everybody. Right. That's right. Amen. Okay. Uh, any of you, uh, wait a minute, let me get you going here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Andrew, Miriam, are you there? Yes, we are. Uh, okay. I just so, want to thank you so much. Yeah. Do you have anything you'd like to well, say? Ian? Uh, yes, I would like to finish with one sentence. I think it's very important to realize that Jesus is like a mountain. And there are so many different paths to get to that, the top of the mountain. Some paths are shorter. Some paths are longer. Some paths are so far away from the top that you get lost. But there are so many different paths, and it is so important to remember that. It's not by focusing on our differences that we can reconcile. It's by focusing on our similarities and showing unconditional love that we can live Amen. together. Yes. Now we're yeah, going That'll preach. We uh, we we learn at the end of the day that it's our job to go out and follow Jesus and not just talk about what he taught. Certainly that's important, but at the end of the day, what he was crucified for, uh, what he was, what he sacrificed his life for was he sacrificed his body. He put his body on the line for the marginalized, the oppressed, those who were. In mm-hmm. society, unwanted, and we think it's our job to follow him. And we can continue to talk and do these shows and so on and share our beliefs. But what is ultimately going to change people and change the hearts and minds of others is when they see us in the context uh, of the Islamic faith with our Muslim brothers and sisters, living life together, breaking bread together, and ultimately loving each other. Amen. Every- Everybody, thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew, Miriam. Uh, thank you, Tim. And thank you, Wayne. I appreciate it so okay. much. Thank you. God bless. Um, God and bless we look you. forward to next... You too. And we look forward to next week. That'll be yep. very exciting for next week when we get going with the Quran and the Bible. Okay. Thank God you. bless you all. Jesus is the 